Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Radical Retro Rewind Happy Friday the 13th, everybody. Welcome to the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ryan Hunter, and joining me for the first time ever are both of my beautiful co-hosts, everyone's favorite brother, David, and the movie geek himself, Rob. Hello, boys. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Friday fans. Hello. (laughs) So, are you excited that we're finally the power of three on this podcast? I have been waiting for this moment for a very long time, and I love that we're doing it on Freddy versus Jason. I'm so excited. David? Yes, yes. I've been waiting a very long time, and uh, we're going to have a good time. And I think that uh, it's very, it's perfect that we're doing it with this movie. It's kind of like the end of your summer camp of death. It's been a long summer. It's been a long summer, but we're near the end. Are you team Freddy or are you team Jason? Okay, so I have always been team Freddy from the get-go. He is my first horror iconic exposure. So I have more of a, you know, allegiance with him. Nothing wrong with Jason at all, but Freddy has always been top dog for me. 
for many, many reasons, but we'll get into that when we actually do that franchise. But yes, I am Team Freddy. David, I think I know what you're going to say as well, but... Well, my first time was with Freddy. No, I'm... (laughs) Actually, it was with Billy, and he was manager of Taco Bell, but anyway. Oh, shout out to Billy. (laughs) (laughs) So, I am Team Freddy as well. However, this movie made me sympathize more with Jason, so... I actually, I don't want to say I switched sides, but I I have so much to say. Like, I love Freddy. Freddy actually scared me more than Jason ever did as a child. Because, you know, when Ryan does his, he found it in the basement segment. We have a boiler in the basement, which turns on and gets really loud. And there are many times as a child, I ran my butt up those stairs because that boiler went on. And I was thinking Freddy could be out there. Jason, I never got that feeling from. I never was afraid Jason was, was, yeah, I still might get a little spring in my step when the boiler goes on. So I'm definitely Team Freddy in that. that. Well, I will be the opposite here. While I do love Freddy, I have a soft spot for Jason. I guess that's why I tortured everyone and made us do this franchise first. I just feel that Jason really sums up what I love about an 80s horror franchise. The cheese, the atmosphere, and yeah, something about him. I like that he doesn't talk. I don't know. There's something mysterious about our little hockey masked Jason Voorhees. <laughs> so I'll I'll represent Jason. The like silent the- type. The I silent type. Say- I like him. A little, I like a, I like a talk or two, so that's, that's my jam. <laughs> you like them big and stupid, and Rob likes them intellectual and talkative. <laughs> well, you gotta have a sense of humor. I mean, that's great for Freddy, but I don't know, Jason, maybe because he's a mama's boy. I no, know. it's because, so Jason doesn't like water, just like Ryan, so like, they're perfect <laughs> for each other. That's so true. Oh, I, have <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, honestly. I don't know why people go in dirty water, though. I have to admit with Ryan. Like, Ryan's unnatural fear is, like, like the Kraken is going to come out of, like, lake water or something. My fear is, like, brain-eating amoebas and bacteria and getting some kind of fungus on my my junk or hypodermic needles in the water. That would be my fear, as opposed to Ryan's, the the swamp swamp thing is going to come for him. So Creep show, too. I mean, the blacks. The raft. Yeah, yeah, the goose stuff, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a fire sign. So, Freddy, I guess, is just in my wheelhouse. Put it that way. (laughs) Speaking of that, let's get this out of the way. Let's get to your personal histories with Nightmare on Elm Street, since you both love Freddy so much. Tell me about it. (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street was one of my first horror films that I had watched. And And it's really interesting, my progression with my love of horror. I knew that I was scared of it, and I knew that... I didn't want to watch it alone. Like, even in the daytime, like, sun, sun's out, lights are on, and I'm still like, Dad, can you watch Freddy with me so I can watch it? I mean, those are literal words. I knew that I was scared, but I needed to watch it, and I had fun watching it, and I don't know how to process that, but it's just... I, I just I just love Freddy Krueger. But in for the franchise, I just like how creative and imaginative they are. I also, you know, the laugh. I think all of the characters, you know, once we got to part three, they allowed these kids to have powers. Like, there was just so much fantasy. And that's where my genre loop goes to is more fantasy. So the more magic, the more supernatural, that's what I gravitate to which is why i love this series and and just and just again seeing this trailer when it first came out 
and having them in the same frame was like everything to me that I am a 90s kid and that I am at the age that I am now to experience that thing that nobody ever thought would ever happen that it just blew my mind that they made this movie so i yeah loved 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 it but yeah i still enjoy watching the nightmare on elm street franchise i think nancy thompson's one of the best you know final girls ever to let and i went to an anniversary screening of the first one here in LA and Miss Langenkamp and homegirl Tina showed up and watched the movie with us and it was amazing because they did a Q&A afterwards and, and Tina god I'm so sorry I forgot her name at the moment is that she's the one who dies in the bed yes yes she's the one who dies in the bed and she is just the most vibrant like exciting like happy like she was just so full of like joy talking about this movie she she was living it up so uh yeah that is my relationship with the series. David, why don't you tell everyone how you loving Nightmare on Elm Street as a kid terrified me and you had to show me like a picture of Robert <laughs> newspaper without makeup on because I was terrified of Freddy, but... Amanda Weiss is her name. Amanda Weiss. Sorry, Amanda. Amanda Weiss. That's her name. That's Tina. <laughs> okay, David, go on. <laughs> where, where shall I start? I've always loved the you series. You are a huge Nightmare fan. I, I've always loved Freddy. Scared the hell out of me. I still think the original movie is still the scariest even though that ridiculous cheesy accordion arms across the across the alley to me you couldn't escape he's like i'm gonna come get you i still think that's the scariest what i love about the franchise is exactly what we're just kind of joking about as far as freddie speaking as opposed to jason freddie feeds on your fears and he actually makes it like candid it's funny like the way he makes it a mockery out of your fear but also uses your fear and that's what i love he is like to me is like a gay icon because he's campy as hell. He will basically read you, read you for filth and basically like make a joke out of you. I think we talked about this once, like when he's he took the girl that wanted to be a movie star. He's like move to prime time, bitch, and he like put, smashes her head into a TV. And it's always like he's she's just so when he says tells Alice welcome to Wonderland, Alice. I mean he's just he's kind of a bitch too. Like he's just a, I I that's what I love about it. Yes, you had I've introduced you to many fears and phobias, Ryan. Thank you. I remember. Yes, you have John Waters. Don't forget John <laughs> Waters films. Oh, those are some. That, yeah, if you couldn't survive John Waters films, and you can, you have the constitution for a lot. I, I, I've always loved it. I've loved Jason. I love the horror genre in general, but definitely the fear of we've all had nightmares before we knew about Freddy Krueger and we've all had nightmares after experiencing the franchise. So there's something to be said, like even though Jason is all powerful and supernatural, there's still that conceptual idea in your head. I can get in a car and maybe I can outrun this person or escape. When you're sleeping, you're the most vulnerable you ever are. Even physically, like metabolically, you are vulnerable to disease and different things. Like you're at this restful state where your body you're not in control of anything really you're an autopilot so the fact that you're in a dream and the dream can hurt you i think that's the scariest aspect of it to not know what reality is and what isn't you know what i mean like you're you think you're awake but really you're still in a dream because you're in freddy's nightmare that's what i love about it yes i did try to like show you this is a real person you know like kind of a thing when i tell my kids it's just make believe having a parent now i probably won't let i don't let my children watch a lot of like scary stuff until they're probably older i think our mom used to say it'll scar them for life see our father was a big horror person too and like he used to love <laughs> yeah. like traditional like the wolf man and dracula like with bella lugosi and stuff like yeah. that and he introduced us to the love of of horror movies so yeah but our mother used to say it'll scar Cheesy them for life 50, and it does, because we still think about running up those stairs and the boiler comes on so it did scarred you for life so 
Does that answer your question? I don't know. Are your kids old enough to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark yet? I don't think so. My children are a little scary, scaredy cut. So I know I have I have a three, <laughs> five, seven, and fourteen year old. So technically, Gilbert might. No, Gilbert watches like, stuff. We watch stuff together. I feel like our. I feel like that would be nothing for kids nowadays. Are you afraid of the dark? For us, it was like. <gasps> Honestly, can I ask you something? That's probably like a day at can school. Can I ask you something? And there's a thing out there. So how do I put this? What do you, What are your guys' thoughts? And we're going. I'm totally going off on a tangent like i always do what do you think about the fact that children traditionally always fear about something in their closet or under their bed when it's never the concept has never been introduced to them by anybody tv or otherwise how is that possible that generational you know different countries different places different spaces that children instinctually most of the time are afraid of the boogeyman in the closet or under the bed without being introduced to the concept from a show or a person think about that for a minute what is to be said about that is there something really supernatural i guess monsters something Inc. scary would be the only thing my kids that, even like, even i don't even even seen that the boogeyman I am not a child psychologist. The only thing that I can think of is just the wonder and curiosity and imagination of darkness. Having a child's brain explore what is unknown, I think, creates stuff like that. As far as getting a name for it, like Boogeyman or whatever, I want to say the parents fill in the blanks with all that crap. Honestly, I just think there is a little bit of a child's imagination that goes so far into an unknown that it creates those type of things. And it's just one of those, like, rites of passage that happens with kids i could not tell you at all when i got scared of all that stuff if anything there might have been like a sentence in a book that mentioned even if it was a friendly one just something under the bed or maybe when your parents or a friend first jumps out and scares you it it just triggers something or your older brother (laughs) so i mean i just think fear in general now as far as like when nightmares are like immediately produced in the brain all that stuff who knows how all that works but that's just a talking out of my ass like theory of mine so but the way you make it sound i believe you <laughs> so you've got that child psychologist our, our, voice. Tina. Our, our older brother once jumped out like i opened the door and he jumped out and i went into like fight or flight mode and i started slamming the door on him repeatedly over and over again like screaming so is that what you were talking about i know you were laughing when you said when your brother jumps out, <laughs> yes, he never did that again <laughs> <laughs> but that's see i'm a fighter that's why i tell you everything's a weapon i slammed him in that door so many times he'll never jump out at me again <laughs> it wasn't intentional i just was like ah! there you go you're raised on these damn films and that's what happens if, if there's a zombie apocalypse people will be ready for it i will michonne somebody if i have to i don't care at this point i don't care if you're my friend love you rob love you ron you coming for me bye my i told my husband is the life insurance policy paid up bye you better not have that on tape hit <laughs> this cut this go. part out <laughs> uh, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> the two greatest titans clash in a final showdown. That is the tagline, so that's a lot to live up to. After years of development hell, both Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees finally met on August 15th of 2003. Aw, we're doing this on August 13th of 2021. So, so close to that anniversary. To sum up this movie quickly so we can really just dive into a deep dive conversation. Freddy Krueger is trapped in hell and the teens of Springwood have forgotten about him. So Freddy comes up with the plan to bring Jason Voorhees out of his grave, pretend to be his mother Pamela, and have the children of Springwood fear something again. This leads us to an adventure 
adventure where the two start to fight. Thoughts about this? So I gotta say that I I do love the opening of this, mixing the two theme songs together with the new line logo. I thought that was so great. I really enjoyed that. Then, you know, we get a breakdown of, you know, who Freddy is, what's going on, and why he's doing this. My first thought when I watched this was like, so dead people can still dream. Or maybe it's different. Maybe he isn't going inside of Freddy's dream. But I mean, just just look at the opening, you know, like it's it turns out that Jason is technically in his own heaven, to be honest with you, because he's being able to repeat his favorite thing that he likes to do, which is kill women. And then, you know, Freddy just comes in with the whole mom thing. And I'm just like, okay, maybe that's just a hell thing. Or maybe is he dreaming? I don't know. But I just thought that was kind of funny. But, you know, given the difference between some of the other theories that I had heard about regarding like the plot of this movie, you know, Freddy being a janitor at Crystal Lake, giving them that connection. I actually don't mind this storyline. I think it makes sense. Maybe not the very best story, but do they have to have some lineage, some some kind of connection in order to be against each other? You know, I can easily be an enemy of some stranger out there today. It could be that day. And this just happens to be it, you know? So I actually didn't mind the storyline. So, uh, yeah, so far so good. I, I I liked where the movie was going. I actually agree with Rob. I like the concept of it. I think there needed to be some sort of connection because I don't know, like, it's not Cheers where, like, Michael Myers and Freddie and Jason all hang out and have a beer together someplace. I mean, they, how, you know, how do they know of each other? You know what I mean? Like, maybe they're on, like, are they on the demonic hotline? Oh, your evil spirits talk to my evil spirits. You know, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, so I, I think that, yeah, you needed, I think the idea, and I I think that Freddie being clever came up with this concept too of using Jason to uh, get his street cred back, so to speak. And so, yeah, I mean, I like the idea of, I love the mixing of them's music. I waited almost 10 years for this movie to be made as, as a kid. Yeah. Probably since, I mean, this has been in the making since 1989. They've been thinking about this. Wow. So, wow, I wow, think wow. It's so, leads me to my next question Do you feel this is Freddy or Jason's movie? I'll just throw it out there, guys, so you can discuss this. I totally think Freddy overtook this movie. Maybe because he talks, maybe because he's narrating things and the dr- maybe the dream sequence but to me i think jason was almost not an afterthought clearly but to me it's it's a nightmare in elm street movie if anything i think it fits better that context Boys. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think because one, he can talk. Two, he is the I don't want to say superior villain, but he is the 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 main villain of of, of the story between the two. Yeah. Everything that you're seeing in this movie is driven by Freddy's actions. You know, Jason is technically upon a, a machine and a you know, a, I don't want to say pet, but like he's being used in this movie. So this is ultimately Freddy's story yeah. trying to gain some power power bag jason doesn't really have a necessary purpose he just got a flip switched on and he's just out there killing people that yeah so i i guess you can say it's more of a freddy movie than anything i want to i can't remember i think jason the franchise has gone on longer as far as timeline yes yes so i think when coming back to the two of them it would make sense to put more emphasis on freddy because of the lack of screen time he's gotten since those years have passed um i doubt that they were 
were thinking about that. But yeah, I think a big point of it is just because Freddy is talking so we get to hear more from that evil side while we deal with these teenagers trying to, you know, <laughs> save the day. Are they teenagers? Oh, oh you, uh, <laughs> um, David. Oh, you mean the original 90210 <laughs> cast of 35 years old playing a 17-year-old? And I still look younger than her at 45? I, honestly, Laurie, anyway, the lead? Not saying I'm anything. sorry, 35. But David, <laughs> do you think this is a Freddy or a Jason? Um, I'm going to honestly say I feel like they're on equal footings. And I'm going to tell you why. Because oh, even though, obviously, Freddy talks. Obviously, Freddy basically says, They forgot about me in the beginning of the movie. You know, that I think was, I was a little whiny. I didn't really care for that part. But I, I, I don't know. I think they're on equal footings. I think it's interesting to also that apparently Elm Street is so close to Crystal Lake, too. Like, is also Michael Myers stomping ground? Like, is it all just east the East Coast where this stuff happens, apparently? Chucky! So, anyway, that said, but... I don't know. I think Freddy obviously is a standout because he speaks. I mean, I, I think it w- obviously without Jason, Freddy would have not been able to come back. And Jason is just like a killing machine. We talked about this when we when we did other movies, and I'm sure you you know you guys did too. It's like, does he just go on a killing spree? Like when he gets out of the hospital, does he kill his way through America? Is he on tour? <laughs> the kills of America, you know, coming to your town. Jason just goes and he kills until he gets back to Crystal Lake. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say they're on equal footings. And obviously not a spoiler that at the end of the movie Freddy loses so Jason's on top KO so I mean I don't know I'm gonna say they're on equal footing just because he's a strong and silent type that you like and Rob and I like the more talkative bitchy type I guess you know <laughs> it doesn't matter there's room at the table for both there's room at the table for both and I do think honestly as much as I say this is a Nightmare on Elm Street movie I do think they give enough to Jason in the sense that he's seen and he's the one doing the killing basically but I feel like such heavy Elm Street lore Lori living in Nancy's house is something I just want to talk about the characters boys Lori Campbell, this is our lead, and this is the woman who I say is 35 years old. I think, Rob, you might have said this before. She gives you very Marilyn Monroe vibes. Is it something about her lips, the way she talks? There was a specific (laughs) scene with her dad, and she's trying to convince him that she's okay, and that I'm going to go to school, and I don't need to sleep. And she goes, oh, daddy, I'm okay, you know? And she just, again, just with her worry and her, you know, damsel, attitude is just very sultry at the same time i don't know what's going on but yeah i yeah that's kind of vibe that i got it just seems she was channeling marilyn if she was scared she was channeling marilyn the hoe not marilyn monroe but she was the good girl david she was oh daddy good girl she was the one that was i supposed to know no (laughs) we also get jason ritter as will Rollins, one of our male leads, Kelly Rowland as Kia Watterson. Spoiler alert. I think she's one of the best actresses in this movie. I don't know what that's my favorite about. part of the movie. Freddie, you got them butter knives. And Jason, he's got this big old <laughs> Come on, get real. You're not even scary. You're not even scary. And let's talk about the butter knives. 
What is with the butternuts? You trying to compensate for something? Maybe coming up a little short there between the legs, Mr. Kruger? I mean, you got these teensy-weensy little things and Jason has got this big old thing like... We have Catherine Isabel as Gib Smith, Lachlan Monroe, our Jack from Charmed, and various other movies as Deputy Scott Stubbs, and various other people. What do you think about the characters in this movie? Are they likable? Honestly, let me throw it out there, boys. Kia, I don't know, her acting was natural to me. I believed her when she did that role of Kia. I gotta say, Catherine Isabel, I mean, I know she is a huge, huge horror icon. I don't know, something about this role, and maybe because I read that she had uh, issues with the director over not wanting to do nudity scenes, I think she's phoning it in. The way she does a lot of these scenes, I'm not digging her acting in this You mean movie. Ginger Snaps? Yes, Ginger Snaps, yeah. I mean, yes, in the beginning, her boyfriend's killed first, and then she does that thing with the police like what do you think when she's holding her arms up when the police ask what's wrong something about her acting in this movie i do not like and i like her in other things i think she's a good actress i don't know discuss boys what do you think miss gibb so yeah i've seen Catherine do better acting in other films i don't know if this was just due to the part she was playing or like you said phone it in i've seen her do better she's definitely capable of doing better so yeah this wasn't really her one of her best uh i will say amongst the ladies uh kelly was the more entertaining the woman had a curse word out of her mouth though every two seconds i don't know i was yeah i I was back and (laughs) forth on that but other than that this woman kia is the perfect wing woman i have ever seen in a horror movie she is the true best friend i don't know how many times she played an assist to to Lori. it was just amazing one (laughs) one particular scene is when they're at the rave in the cornfield or whatever you know linderman clearly is into her and then you know uh jason ritter comes in and uh you can see that they needed a moment. She immediately goes to Linderman, even though she got read for filth by Linderman, which was amazing because that shut that woman up right away. But she immediately went to Linderman and distracted him and just was having a good time. I just, like her character, I just think she was such the supporting girl. Like even down and even fun. down to her death, when it came between going after Will and Lori, she literally was like, hey, come after me. Like, I think that she should value her own life as well, but this is what us black people do in horror movies we assist so they can live and again i just think it's awesome i just think it's awesome i just think it, she's she's a really cool character so i'll give her that linderman was my favorite guy only because i relate to him and you would like him you love linderman but no him as an actor yeah he is cute though. <laughs> know him as an actor as well. Like he was amazing in Just Friends. In Just Friends, he was the literal opposite of Linderman, and he slayed. He was in Fanboys, which I love a lot. And yeah, I just think him as an actor is really good. So I'll just leave it at that. Ooh, but you did mention something. You said that Kia Kelly Rollins was the best actress in here. I want to point out Brendan Fletcher. So feel- Brendan Fletcher plays Mark. This is oh, this Mark. is Will's friend in the hospital i thought the mooner oh god yeah besides that 
Um, <laughs> I thought that his acting and portrayal of this sort of knowledgeable person on Freddy was actually really good. I thought his fear was authentic and realistic, realistic yeah. than everybody else's. I also enjoyed his dream sequence the best. With the brother yeah. killing himself. In yeah, the but just the fear in his eyes. And he's like, wake me up. I like I thought he really went all out in this role. So he was my favorite actor in, in it. So I'll leave it at that as far as characters. David, tell us. Tell us all about these characters. You got a few to talk well, about. Well, definitely <laughs> summed up a lot of how I feel. I feel like Kia, I actually was, I was actually hoping that Kia was going to like jump out of the way. Because if someone told me Jace, Jason was behind me, I would have done a duck and cover. <laughs> And I, I was actually hoping she Boom, would, you would have seen smoke. Just yeah, smoke exactly. I would have hoped she would have jumped out of the way and then Jason would have went right for Freddy. That would have been great because she deserved to live. Lori kind of got on my nerves slightly with some of, like you said, the baby girl, like, oh, daddy, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not a little girl. Daddy, I can do this. You know, like I understand she was upset about her mom, obviously. And I do agree. Kia was the best wingman. She did everything, including giving her life to save her friends, which is, I think is amazing. Literally. Yeah. I think Will get a, did a good job of playing someone who was emotionally got some problems, obviously, because he was, you know, taken away and drugged and put into a sanitarium because he, he thought he saw the father killing the mother. I, 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 I had Jeepers Creepers feels when we when we were in the cornfield. And then the guy was like, why don't you go F a pig or something yeah, that that, that dude and he, he throws the, the flaming, you know, machete through him. Definitely got Jeepers Creepers vibes. As far as I call her Ginger Snaps, because I can't remember Catherine, right? Ginger Snaps. Um, I don't know if she was, I don't know if she was, I don't know if she was dialing it in because I felt her character, maybe she was dialing it in, but I read it as she was just that druggy sort of friend that like was uh, like nothing, like she has no enthusiasm Mm. for life. You handed her a gold ring and she'd be like, oh, like, like Kristen Stewart from Twilight. Uh, Edward, uh, uh." like that's how she was. And that's how I read her. And she died early on anyway. (laughs) So bye, bitch. Like she's eating, she's eating, she's listen, she's eating bologna sandwiches on on white bread with with Miracle Whip and eating that stuff up. That's what I got. For, I don't oh. like her. <laughs> she is beneath yeah. me. In the words, in the oh words God. of Sugar God. Hill, when I look at you, I look nowhere but down. Damn! So you really feel Gibbs? No, actually, Damn, I'm just I'm Gibbs. just messing around. Okay. I, I just her character <laughs> gave me that vibe. Like uh, I could care less. But that's a that's indicative of generational. I I know that this was needed. <laughs> needed for me to release? No, I know that this was needed to further the story. But I, it was just it was just this moment of you know the the sheriff trying to like stop from Freddie's name to be mentioned, oh, and here yeah. comes like here comes this white girl just being like, "What? Who are you talking about? I need to remember his name." I need to know his name because, you know, I'm a detective. I need to figure this out myself. I mean, she, her nosiness turned on so, like, up to 11. Just wanting to be like, no, what is this cop talking about that wants to keep it a secret? That means I must know. Like, she started this whole goddamn thing. It is just the way that it was executed. You hear somebody talk in grown folk business, and here she comes just snooping. Just snooping. She just determined, what's his name? What's his name? And I'm like, you did it. You did it. This was you. But what about what's his name, though? from the sanitarium the 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 blonde guy 
He's like, he basically yeah, he started yeah, he singing mocked, the song mocked, in front of all mocked. the students. Yeah, he did kind of fuck up too, and he admitted well, it though. That was too late, boo. By the way, we brought this up in that scene. I don't know if you noticed this, David. In that scene, while he's telling the story and being like, you know, Freddie haunts you in your dreams. There is a woman in the background. I think she's wearing like a green sweater. Her first ever role, which was a, I no, it wasn't uncredited, is actually in the credits. So that's Evangeline Lilly oh, from wow. Lost fame and she is now wasp from ant-man and wasp yeah that was her oh, cool. first role ever just being in the background and being like terrified when he's telling the story but to me that whole high school scene i knew why it was there so the children and the teens could hear it but it was so unbelievable to me like she is that whiny like to me the whole time Lori is in this traumatic screaming tone, but it's like a subdued screaming. It's like, what is his name? Freddy. Like you're so, like, I need to know. Tell me now. Can't. I can't with Lori. I like her because she does that line at the end. Welcome to my night. In that same tone. Bitch. <laughs> but did you also notice in the high school when the boys ran away, like the principal came out. That was Robert Shea, who has been producing the entire oh. franchise. He popped in in part two and i think he also popped in in, in freddy's dead i'm sure he popped in in other ones but yeah robert shea usually pops in does he play and principal? does a cameo and <laughs> yeah i think he he played the principal in this so i thought that was good what i also enjoyed about this particular story was the fact that it was a little similar to part six where they decided that if they just don't speak his name like people will forget about him and the wonder and curiosity will go away with it i i like that this town came to a consensus like this dude's real we're not going to be playing this oh it's just you know you know he's not real he's dead all this jazz like everybody knows he's real they got all these kids on hypnosil which is not something they just pulled out of their ass that shit popped up in part one the hypnosil pills and and just this idea of keeping it all contained in secret i just like the acknowledgement that they're not fucking around you know anymore wouldn't you move away though wouldn't you move away though hey hey I mean, if anything, I, I, you know, like they can't. When you move away, if you lived in Camp Crystal Lake or on the outskirts and every year someone dies, wouldn't y'all ass move away to a couple of towns away? I know it'd be inconvenient. You might have to get on Zillow or something, but get move, move. <laughs> I'm not living next to the toxic waste plants. Just not happening. You know, I agree with you, though. I think it's great that people finally. I bet you that everyone that needed to move probably moved. Yeah. <laughs> but did yeah. he he didn't kill it, Freddy in the in the franchise other than I have a thing for the whores in this house. He, he he really doesn't kill adults. Right. He only kills the kids. Right. I think after you hit a certain age, unless you're actively in uh, unless you're wait a minute, unless you're actively involved before. in taking him out or dealing with him, he leaves you alone because what like what 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 part what was the one what was the one with roseanne was the mother and all the kids had died that's yeah it was freddy's dead that's freddy's all the kids are dead he doesn't kill any of the parents freddy's dead no no he doesn't so so basically what it is is that you know he's obviously a child killer so that's where he gets his jollies he doesn't care about killing adults the other thing was is that he wanted to punish the parents who killed him right so he doesn't go after the parents because what's worse than death is watching your child die so that's why he never really went after the parents but i think a big part of it is his psychosis is that he just gets more out of killing children than you know 
adults. But yeah, this is why he, you know, wants to be remembered again and all that jazz and whatever. Because, you know, teenagers still want to be nosy and want to know his name. Say my name, say my name when no one is around you. That's right. When no one is around you. Say, baby, I love you. (laughs) Go ahead, Rob. I I pull up my notes. I got to pull up my notes. I want to bring up the scene where Jason and Freddie finally sort of meet, not meet, but just kind of like share a scene together for the first time. And this is when, you know, Jason gets drugged and he finally gets knocked out and he goes into the dream world, right? So I really thought that scene was very important to have and to just kind of see sort of the level of like how verses they are against each other. And I, I enjoyed that showdown. Just having Freddy just flex his powers and Jason just being very like, what the hell is going on? But then also over the fact that when Freddy is committing all of this violence and, and you know, blunt, you know, to Jason's body, the fact that he won't die. Like, it's yes, just this yes, laying yes. out the playing field. It's like, I've got all these powers. I can do whatever I want. Cut off my arms. It doesn't matter. And then him just not dying, right? But... It's also interesting that Freddy accidentally stumbled upon Jason's fear because I always thought that his power was that he knew everyone's fears and insecurities and was able to manipulate them in the dream. But he couldn't do that with Jason. So I just thought that was interesting. But again, there there was something really good about watching Robert England in this particular scene because he was able to flex a lot, you know, just with his gestures of his body. And even when Jason came to lunge at him and before the water blocked him, Freddy, he just kind of does this stance with his arm and he's just like posing like I'm about to take you like nuance. I just think he's he's just so used to playing this character and just every like movement I just was noticing on him. And I just thought like he hasn't lost his touch after so long. He just did Freddy's dead. Like he just like, you know, new nightmare and all that. He just hasn't lost it. I just love that scene. I just thought it was a nice scene. I liked it. I thought it was great. And I also like, you know, we're talking about who's more powerful without water. And we talked about this in a previous podcast. We'll find out that his Achilles heel is water. And I guess subsequently fire is Freddy's, you know, I love the scene. And I, again, if he didn't come across the water, then what would he be just doing? He'd be constantly Mm. until, until Jason woke up. I just have some notes. I said the sheriffs don't speak his name. I said, what is he, Voldemort? We don't speak his name. <laughs> I, I like the fact that he... I, I like the name. fact that in, in the in the uh, sanitarium in Santa Slime, he told him, you know I don't do checkers. I'm an Uno guy. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Hysterical. Yes. I like that as well. Bring the Uno over and we'll play. Like, Did anybody read more into, like, Freddy as Mrs. Voorhees at all? Like, what's your thoughts? I know you didn't care for it. I think... I liked the performance of that, but I guess this woman's a close match. They got the short hair this time. And they got the the cruddy... (laughs) Sweater, but it was a Freddy sweater. I liked that. I think it's smart that he used the mother. Well, it makes sense because he does everything for his mother, and the mother was the original killer in Friday the 13th, and how, you know, kill her, mommy, kill her. I will, Jason. So I also wrote for you, Ryan, because this is our thing. Jason, when the last fight sequence starts between Jason and Freddy, how Jason takes Freddy and pulls him through all the windows on one line of windows in a cabin. Our window count, we have this thing with windows, where how many times can you be thrown in and thrown out, go in and go out of a window? He did a, just a boom, 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 boom. of windows. But to, to your point, and like what Rob was saying earlier about this battle, the fact that they're both unstoppable killing machines for the most part makes this interesting because you can do something with that 
through the window. Until Jason gets a shot at Freddy being pulled out of the dream. Oh my god. Lori goes into the dream world to pull Freddy out, a la Nancy. Yes. Because she pulled off his ear earlier. It happens. It's a thing. We get more overacting of Lori going, Take your bets! Look at my breasts! Yeah, I, I remember in the theater that the moment when he gets pulled out and he looks around and he notices he's in a cabin and it's like real life. And then that heavy metal music starts and he, Freddie looks terrified. He's like, fuck this. And then we all in the theater just get super excited. We're applauding because it's like Jason's about to whoop his ass. Like he knows what's coming. And like that whole scene, we were just waiting for 80 minutes for this to come around. And we just thought that was like the best moment ever. It was so good. One, as you were talking about lines, David, one line I... I did want to point out that I thought was so funny. So they're on their way to the camp because they believe home court advantage, Jason on his own turf, he can take out Freddie and yada, yada. But, you know, they're both unconscious in the van. You know, Freddie is drowning Jason in the dream. So (laughs) Jason's drowning and they... They think that, you know, giving him CPR is going to wake this dead man up. You know, Linderman's like, I have asthma. And then I love Will. He's like, Kia, he has asthma. <laughs> was like, that's the line. I just thought that was so funny the way he said that. He's like, he has asthma. Like, do it. I, I like, was like, uh-uh. Fuck. No, I don't care if you have we, asthma. We are going to have to stop Freddy in a different way. Yeah. This <laughs> is not the way. I'm not doing it. I cannot believe this again goes to the wing woman thing. This woman was willing to do anything it took. I just love that line how she opens the mask too i know but just like freddie comes out and they're like trying to fight jason these kids i'm like really why are y'all coming at him with sticks and stuff like this isn't working just get out of there i don't understand why they like they were all trying to fight jason and i was just like oh and then linderman oh he got in the back i was so mad oh question for both of you do you think that they try to pair up linderman and kia Absolutely. Yes. There was some kind of friction. I, he, had a, he had a thing for her. Do you think there was he something there? I thought there was something there too. He had a thing for her. I think so too. I think so too. I do. After he said that to her, like you said, Rob, earlier, he read her. I think she started to become yeah. attracted to him. And then at the end with this, I guess they were setting up. Because she's like, I'll come back for you. Yeah. I think he yeah. read her because he yeah. liked so, her. I think he read her because he was angry with her <laughs> yes, because of yes. that. He was disappointed in her behavior. And that's what he, that animosity he had because he couldn't be with her because he did like her is what came out in that form. Yes. And that one scene when she did make fun of him, I don't think that was like the rest of her character she did seem like she was the supportive character so that might have been the whole cliche of i'm gonna make fun of you because i like you i mean i don't know who does that but i've heard it's maybe that's why i make maybe that's why i make fun of you all the time (laughs) just a little tidbit fact from being in the medical field you do know that cpr they have found that it's more important for compressions than it is for breaths oh thank god and in fact it is actually acceptable to just do chest compressions on people if you look it up you'll see the guidelines for cpr have changed yes breaths are good but but if they find compression is actually the more important than actually giving the breath. So you should do both. But Kia, I'm sorry. I would have just had let Lori had to die. And I would have started taking hit. And I would have started swallowing <laughs> hypnosil like Tic Tacs again. Do you love, though, that they place Lori right next to him? Like, I mean, put her in the well, front may, seat may, or may, something. May, maybe they were trying to do power swap. I know that they needed Jason to take out Freddy. It made sense. But honestly, while this man was knocked out, the head would have been chopped off. Like, yeah. we're just going to have to figure something out. I mean, when Jason 
Jason woke up and sw- was starting swinging everywhere, like I would have, like I would have been so terrified just at the moment. Like he just went crazy. Him flying out that van the way he did, I don't know if that's like physically possible. But so I watched this movie with a friend of mine who didn't see it in theater. She saw it on DVD, and I was so excited to show it to her. And once this movie was over, all she could think about was how horrible the final battle was this showdown and one of her biggest things and she didn't like the fact that freddie just like knew jujitsu and karate and was able to like do all of these like moves that you've never seen him fight before but i guess you kind of wanted to make it a little bit even between the two of them what did you think was that too cheesy was it did it make sense for him to fight jason the way that he did just when they would do the hand-to-hand stuff what did you guys think about that did it take you out of the movie with that or did you think it was like too fake overboard like what only because we knew that they had to quote-unquote battle but i did write a note originally when reviewing was that honestly freddie gets in a lot a lot of punches to the point of you're like holy crap impressed with freddy holding his own honestly for how small he is but i always assumed we just didn't see this because no one really could take on freddy like this we don't know if he's got this in his i mean he was a superhero right i mean like he could take on the form of what he wants shape of water form of bucket but wonderton powers activate And this is where so my mind maybe, works. Maybe, maybe Freddy, before he died, was a kung fu. Master, <laughs> master. Well, I, I, I will say that when they got to the pier and Freddy got a hold of Jason's machete and the way he was cutting him up, like, <laughs> yes, he definitely got his licks in. But I did like the shenanigans between the two of them with the air pumps and, you know, the true. window and driving them. Like, I, they definitely used the whole entire atmosphere. I thought was great. Did you like that when, when <laughs> Freddy became some Guido Italian guy from New York over here asshole I was like what are we in Brooklyn hey over here asshole I also love the fact that throughout this whole fight his hat managed to stay on for at least 80% of the fight like no matter how he was getting flipped or knocked into stuff that hat stayed right on his head I agree. I agree, I agree <laughs> with your friend, though, Rob, <laughs> that it, it did in some points take me out of it because knowing that he was in the real world and not the dream world, because in the dream world, anything's possible. I mean, I did like it that mm-hmm. he used the, 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 the mm-hmm. tanks as like torpedoes. I thought it was funny. I'm actually shocked that Freddy took as many blows that he took. I know, I know Jason can take pretty much anything, but I was pretty amazed that Freddy, after having his arm chopped off and all these different things. I've always associated that with him just being dead. You know, like, I think he can still feel pain, but unless you get that heart or the brain, I think he can probably take it and still get up and move and do all that he was doing. Oh, God, and his that eyes, was didn't so he like, cool. didn't Freddie hit his eye? I mean, how many times he did stabbed Jason through eyes the, he have stabbed him through the eyes? Poked out. That was disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah, I just let's bring that up. So, like the gore, the special effect. I thought all of that still beautiful. Like I said, aside from that caterpillar <laughs> thing, um, I I honestly enjoyed all of the gore and the mess that they were making throughout this. Like even the sound editing with the you know skin falling off and being tra- all of that. I Ooh. thought was great. Some of the stuff was a little cheesy, like when that friend's dad's head just popped off. And I was like, okay, whatever. But like, even when, you know, that dream sequence where he wasn't like strong enough and he tried to like make his shadow 
kill the kid. First of all, very creative. I yes. thought that was cool. But I I actually I enjoyed that special effect. I still thought it I like that, that in my opinion. I did, but I, um, I think it all looked yeah, good. Yeah. I think the makeup and all of that was was really good it, in this Was movie. there a part when he becomes like devil, like a devil looking thing? What do you remember that in the in the movie? When he was with Lori? Right? He became like yeah, a so this, new nightmare. Almost. This is when Jason was t- yeah, Jason was taken out of the dream because he had woken up and then Freddy was fucking pissed because he almost drowned him and let him go. And then Lori was trying to help Jason, which oh that pit I don't know. I did not like that. Like again, I know you need Jason to get Freddy, but she was just like, Jason, let me help you. And I'm like, no, you're he's no longer a villain at this no, point. No, I but, think like, they set him up to be an anti-hero at by the end of this yeah, movie. Definitely. Yeah, but when when Jason disappeared, that's when and, you know, Freddie was pissed and he was like, you. And then he, oh, when he popped out of the pool, that was so good. Did I you like the bad that. acting part of your friend Lori? <laughs> he ruined both of our pasts. I, w- I, I would have said he ruined my whole life. Uh, not both of our pasts. Because you're still going to be back in that sanitarium probably. And right? I am still lost my mother and insane. So forget it. Like, she's like, he ruined both of our pasts. I have to see this through now. I wanted to slap her. That was a cheesy line. I hated it. I'm not living until they're dead. Like, I think her acting was, I guess, right for this franchise, but... So by the end of this, we see that Freddy is beheaded by Jason, but he gives us the way. I don't like that at the end either. <laughs> I don't like that at the end either. I hate it. It ruined it for me. I'm going to tell you, I wrote that in my notes. I, th- the wink was too stupid to me. Like it, if he would have made his mouth move, his eyes blink and quiver, not like, huh, huh. like, I know that's part of his, like his, his appeal, his <laughs> camp and stuff, but I just don't see Freddy winking. Yeah. I see Freddy making a grimacing kind of like a snarl with his mouth or something. Not a, hey, get you. I'll be back. I don't know. I didn't like it. That I didn't like. I didn't like it. That I didn't like so with this particular film i think it would be a little difficult to appease everyone and have a winner like a clear winner so and we've talked about this i feel that the wink leaves everything to a little bit of an ambiguous moment the the wink was a little too cheesy i will give you that i think it was necessary to kind of even out like not necessarily is it a tie but it also creates conversation people will continue to talk about it even today who actually won and and my theory was that because of the wink, I feel that they could have been in a dream state and that Jason believes that he took Freddy out or won. And that is him winking like, haha, he's in the dream world. He doesn't know that he's dreaming. Oh, that sounds better. <laughs> or we, or he could literally just come out of the lake and live. You know, Freddy just woken a monster that cannot be stopped and that's his head and we're in the real world. So... I think it could go either way, and because I am biased to Freddy, I want to give him the win, but because Freddy is the official and main villain of the story, at the end of these horror movies, the villain must lose. So, in that way, Jason probably won the fight. That That's all I'll say with that. But we know, like David likes to say, as long as, like, Mumra, as long as evil exists, Freddy will always be around. So, evidently, you can't kill either one of these men, so... Could there have been another movie? Could there have been another movie? (laughs) So, I do want to say one other thing. So, afterwards, yes, they were supposed to do, like, Freddy Jason versus Ash. And the whole reason the whole Evil Dead thing was going to come in is because of what we discussed in Jason Goes to Hell. Evil Dead was introduced into the mythology. But then, if you notice in evil dead movie at the cabin ash opens up a closet and freddy's fingers are there 
So all of them could be tongue-in-cheek in the same... Exactly, but they technically kind of, like, connected the two, so that was a possibility. But here's what I also thought was kind of cool. So we get Robert Shea, we get Robert England, we get, um, I, I want to say there might have been one other sort of Freddy cameo in there, or so just something more associated with Freddy. Kane Hodder also got one last laugh as well. Even though he did not play Jason, he still ended up in the movie. Oh, recap? And this is, this, no, no, this is how. This is how he got into the movie. So filmmakers didn't even know they did it until after the movie was made. So this was not on purpose. There was a scene in when they're at the hospital and the the guy who's behind the cage, you know, he's got the, you know, the needles and like blah, blah, blah. He's giving out the medicine. There is a movie playing in the background on the television and it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Guess who played Leatherface oh, in that movie? Oh, wow. I did I not know that. I didn't know he played Leatherface. Wow. Neither did I. Exactly. So technically Hotter ended up Damn. in the movie whether they liked it or not. I it thought that was amazing. Just because he loves that role so much, but eh. Should have been my. So he didn't play Leatherface. He actually just played the stunt Stop. double of Leatherface. And that scene happened to be in that. So that's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little tidbit. Also, when they were watching the TV and the news was on, remember when they found out about Lori and the, and the death or whatever? So it was Channel Sense KRGR News, which is Kruger. Oh, smart. Ooh, these people. People are smart. I noticed that on my rewatch. I thought that was kind of cool. Overall, I think that Freddy vs. Jason is still a fun movie. Rewatching it again, again, I love the music. I loved how campy it was. I didn't mind the humor. I thought the kill count was great. I thought some of the um, dream sequences were cool. Jason definitely delivered with his heavy strength and bruteness. Like, I think all the elements are there. I think this movie would have elevated a bit better if they had better actors in <laughs> in the film or just or i should say more likable protagonists that's me i mean yes this movie was definitely for freddie and jason but if you are going to tie it to a human counterpart to bridge the two have them be more interesting or have a better sort of like fleshed out character development to me because i just wasn't cool with most of them put it that way i was just happy that it happened they could have done like they could have yeah. had jason you know jumping rope singing the one two <laughs> freddy's coming for you at that point i was so happy to to have seen it overall i was i i enjoyed it i feel like like i said i like the campiness of freddy i always have I feel like it, you know, obviously, like I said, I wasn't fond with the winking. I would have just wanted his mouth to move or his head to move. I know that's such a small part, but that was like the last image you're going to see of a movie. I feel like Jason was a little more stupefied in this movie, like where at certain points I thought he was more cognitive. Like we talked about when he was uh, chasing takes Manhattan versus when he first got struck by lightning and came back after Jarvis did it, you know, woke him up with the lightning. I feel like he had moments where he was, I think in this movie, he just became more of the killing machine stupefied animal on a leash yeah, animal on a leash that, like yep. rob kind of said as opposed to there were other movies of his franchise that i felt like he was more cognitive of what was going on like when when he was being you know taken out you know with tina and everything like that i think he was like more Lark yeah, with Parker. Lark parker you know Lark when he parker. was more you know 
like pissed off that he was being challenged so so powerfully. Freddy really didn't get any kills in the really pretty much the most of the movie. He really he really got nothing. I will say one part that did disturb me was pseudo rape scene with the fingernails kind of turned me off. I have to be honest with oh, you. The cornfield with the when he was with Laurie and he was like the first the first time it, it, it tends to get a little sticky or grow. I don't know what he said and that really turned. I, honestly, I, I don't oh, know. I was thinking you were. No, the, well, that was the raver, the the, the weird raver kid. That, I was thinking the court, the, the raver guy with the wrong. glow sticks that want look look like a wanna be mutant X Men. I don't know what his name is. Yes, dude. I, I, I don't know why that really turned me off that part because I never viewed Freddy as a yeah he's a child murderer and horrible but I never viewed him as a pedophile type of thing I guess she's an adult but and I guess maybe that's her fear I don't know she seemed like she was ready to have sex with well, well. she's I guess she is 35 but so that that that's the one part well, that really point, turned me David, off doesn't Freddy say in this movie as as Pamela you're like a big stupid dog killing 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 when will you get your fill or something like that so to wrap this up up, Rob, there's three of us here, and in the beginning of this movie, Kia <laughs> plays a little game. Kia plays the game uh, Fuck, Mary Kill with her friends as they're just hanging out, so I thought it would be fun just do a quick Freddy vs. Jason edition. So I'm gonna give you uh, three sets of names, and you just tell me real quickly how you would pair them up. So Fuck, Mary Kill, Kia, Lori, and Gib. I'm gonna go with Marry Kia, kill Gib because her acting was even worse for me. And I guess make love to Kia. <laughs> make love. I'm uh, like, sweet love to you, Laurie. Sweet love. <laughs> I'm actually going to say for me, I would marry Kia because she's a ride or die girl. So if she's proven that, die literally. So we're both marrying Kia. I would be afraid to get an <laughs> I would be afraid to get an STD from Gib. That's ginger snap we're talking about, right? <laughs> So, and I guess fuck Lori because I'd have to slap her and have rough sex with her just to take my aggression out and leave her. Oh my God. Is that too graphic for you? No. <laughs> no, that, that's good. So <laughs> I'm pretty much the same. I'm, I'm torn between having sex with either Lori or Gib, but yeah, I, it's, it's the same. It's the same. So we're all in agreement damn, with that. Okay. Damn, damn, damn. Okay, so fuck, Mary, kill, Will, Charlie, or Mark. Now, Charlie is Linderman. Charlie is oh, his first name. Get, okay. Yeah, so Will, Linderman, or Mark. Mary, Will. Oh, man, that's, this one's harder. I, ha I care more. Because <laughs> you're talking about the D. Mary, Will, because he, he seems to really be so faithful, even being locked up in a sanitarium, coming back for Lori. And if he could put up with her, he'll put up with any of my annoying tendencies that I have. Mark, I guess. Oh, I don't want to kill. I don't know. Kill Mark. Mark's the blonde, right? Mark's the ass man, yeah. The ass uh, sanitarium uno. And what's his name? Um. Letterman? Linderman. Lin Linderman. Letterman. Jay Leno. Linderman. Linderman. Yeah. <laughs> My God. This is hard for me because I'm emotionally invested in... I would have to say <laughs> as that Will actually is a little crazy. So is it... No, who's the blonde? Why am I getting this? Why That's am I getting this mess? Mark, Mark is a little crazy, Mark. so the sex might be really good. Or he might just cry afterwards, which might be... Uh, uh. Linderman will probably become really good and probably like become a tax attorney or something and make a lot of money. So 
So we'd be we'd oh, be set for life. Smart, smart. So oh, I'm gonna have to yeah, marry the married. geek. Bang Will on the side. Kill crazy because I gotta put him out of his misery. Oh, so Mark is dead. Sorry, Mark, but you're too damaged. You'll probably end up waking up and stabbing me in my sleep anyway because you think I'm Freddy at some point. Plus, when Freddy comes back, he's gonna come for you anyway because he always gets everybody eventually. So I'm I'm putting you in a good position. Your, he gets his kids. He your gets soul them. won't go to to Freddy's body. I justified. It was a mercy killing, really. Mm. Rob, <laughs> out of these three gentlemen, don't marry my man. So for me, I would, <laughs> I, um, I would fuck Mark because he looks like he is very fun in bed. He just is just wild. He's wild. So I would fuck Mark. I would marry Linderman, of course, for obvious reasons, and I would kill Will. Will is a little vanilla now that I'm thinking about it. I have no reason to kill Will. I just think that he is the boring of the three characters. So I, I don't want to marry or have sex with him. I just he can just go so but do you think linderman would would support you financially here's the last pairing and this is like (laughs) i will support him just be pretty and be loyal i'm fine with that that that's totally fine i can do that (laughs) okay last three set of men is our deputy scott our our, our monroe lockman monroe trey our asshole don't don't the one who gets squished in the bed uh i don't 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 let don't let me ask you twice. And Uh-oh. then there's Bobby, who is Mark's brother. Oh, oh crazy. The little ginger. Yeah. Wasn't he in like horror movies, other movies? Was he in Buffy? Wasn't he, wasn't he the he demon was in charm that, that oh, had the kill to become a full man, demon? Lizard man. Right? In the church? Yeah. He's got like the half. Yeah. Uh, yes, that lizard. Yep, 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 yep. Tell us, Ryan. Who are you going to kill? Who are you going to kill Paris? Honestly, the jerk in the bed because he was so, I don't like his abusiveness. I did like that he didn't like the Catherine Isabel smoking, but that's neither here nor there. So killing him, La- uh, marry Lachlan Monroe because maybe he can introduce me to some charmed cast members and have sex with the, the ginger. Brother. What's his name? Brother Bobby. Bobby, the ginger. Oh God, this is going to be so hard for me. Because they're all so different, but they're all so the same. Kind of a one-note flavor, really, for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Pocahontas. I like to paint with all the. All I like so to paint with all the colors of the so... wind. To be honest with you, so I recently saw Lachlan and his wife <laughs> on a show that was filmed in the early 2000s called <laughs> "Love It or Lose It," which is a show that a designer comes in and does a crazy makeover of your house, like of a room in your house. But if you don't like it, they literally take everything and get rid of it. And you're empty with an empty room. So you've got to love it or you lose it. Not as opposed to love it or list it, which is on right now on HGTV. So this, you have to look this up. It's funny because it's, it's, I liked him because I felt like he was totally into his wife and super cute on the show and not pretentious. So I'm going to marry him because I I think he's, he's probably a good guy. Good. Plus, he has a twin brother, right? Does he? No, no but in the, like in the show, in the charm just, world, yeah, in the charm world, joking. he does. So anyway, <laughs> hey, yeah. listen, we're talking yeah. fantasies here. We're not talking about <laughs> don't rain on my parade. So now it's the jerk or the already dead brother. So I'm going to say brother who cut him's wrist in the show. Um, let the dead brother die again. Let him lie because he's got some problems. Although I do like a good ginger now and again, because I think the guy who's an asshole would probably be a really good lay and but 
then I would just be done with them. So, so that, I, I'd be okay with that because you know what? I told you it's a gr- an aggressive lay. You, Rob? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like Scott would be the best person to marry. Even though I find Mark's brother Bobby to be the most attractive out of the three, so I will have sex with Bobby and I will kill Trey. Nobody's that good of a lay. I like he was an asshole. Like I just love how he confidently walked into this girl's house and was like, "I'm picking a bedroom in your home, and I'm." And I'm having sex oh, in it. Right, Girl, get your ass up there. It wasn't even her house. It wasn't no, even. No, yes. Yeah. So I just thought I just thought that was hilarious. But yeah, so that that is my order. <laughs> I've learned all about your your personal taste. Radical ones. Wow, wow, wow. It took almost a year, but the three of us were together in one audio format. And we're on Friday the 13th. This is so exciting. We are almost done with the summer. We're almost done with Friday the 13th movies. But I, I'm, I'm hoping everyone's enjoying them. I'm, I really am. I really am. Where can people find you, Rob? <laughs> you're not hanging out over here uh we're we're almost done with the summer camp and other movie tour right now you should be listening to our review of camp from 2009 it's a very fun camp movie based on drama camp it's it's really it's really cool i used to love it as a kid so thought i would review it and then next wednesday we will be reviewing the final girls which is a horror comedy meta-esque movie it is so so good and if you haven't seen that i definitely recommend it and then we have our review so definitely listen to that but it's movie geek and proud it's a movie podcast you can find it on most podcast apps and you can also follow the the podcast on twitter at mgnp podcast you could always find brother david at universal appeal 2020 all one word on the Instagram. Or you can see me work in the street corners on the corner. <laughs> oh, that's an exclusive. We should do that for Patreon or one of those things that Patreon exclusive David Street Corner. <laughs> And you can always reach the Radical Retro Rewind at Radical Retro Podcast, one word, on Instagram and YouTube. You could always find us doing video formats of the podcast as well as other fun treats over there. If you also have it in your heart to leave a review for the podcast, if you have extra time, if you're enjoying the podcast and you have a favorite place to listen or usually Apple, you could review podcasts. I don't, I'm not sure about the other platforms, but... If you have time and would love to re- leave a review, we will read it on the show. We'll post a picture of it on the Instagram. We'll throw a party and we'll be so super thankful. Or you can also tell us a movie that you'd like us to review. Now that summer camp is over, we have some open slots here, people. Besides Thundercat. To go back to something more lighthearted. And I know that a lot of people aren't horror fans. So thank you for sticking with us through this summer. Two more weeks in in August. And uh, we're going to end it with a retrospect where you'll hear the three of us again. Just talk about the whole franchise as a whole. You know, talk about favorites and stuff. So we're almost done. And we'll definitely get back to our retro normalcy <laughs> with lighthearted stuff. Definitely, I definitely have some ideas on what to review on here. So I'm excited. Thank you again, Radical Ones. That was another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. Thank you as always for joining us. And we are back next Friday with an all new episode. Goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.